I've entitled this morning's message, All We Like Sheep. I robbed the title from the scripture. Not a bad thing to do. And so if you'll turn to Isaiah 53, verse 6, we'll look at it. And I want you to think about what it's like to be in a flock. And it's not so ridiculous as it might seem, because God likens us to uh, sheep, people of his pasture, and there's some things that he hopes we will find out as we put ourselves in that position. So, Isaiah 53, and you're probably already there and I'm just now starting to turn, so hold on. Isaiah 53, verse 6, all we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. 25, 30 years ago, I was sitting in a pasture in South Texas on deer lease. And it was this huge, vast tract of land, miles before fences. And so it was just like living in the wild. And we were on a three-day deer hunt. And so the, we, you get in there, so you drive all the way through Texas, which is a long way, and then you get to South Texas, and, and then you, you get it, drive into the deer lease, and then you pitch camp for the night because the day's spent getting down there. And then early the next morning, at the break of day, we're already in our places where we've uh, staked ourselves out far from one from the other. And I'm watching daybreak, skies becoming light, and deer are still running around and won't be a little, for a little bit yet before they lay up in their beds <coughs> for the day. And so I'm scoping things out. I got a four power scope on my seven millimeter magnum. I'm scoping things out up, up the uh, uh, veil. And I notice some movement. And so I, I look, and it blending into the countryside is this little flock of sheep. And they're wending their way up to the top of the mountain. And so I looked around. Is there, is there a shepherd anywhere to be found? And there wasn't. And I thought about that. This is, they, they're just letting these sheep free graze all over the place, wherever. And nobody cares because there's not much grazing anyway down in South Texas if you've never been there. And, but it's fit for sheep and deer and they like it. And so I'm watching and they're just, you know, drifting along and it's kind of fun to watch them as they, um, trickle up the hillside. And then all of a sudden, they just bolt and run every which direction. Uh, and to see it happen, you say, what happened? There's nothing around. There's no people around. I'm the only one. They don't know about me. I'm a long ways away. 
I haven't moved. And But something caught their attention or one of them just freaked out and ran. I don't know, but they just dispersed. It was like mayhem for no reason. But that's the way it is with sheep. And as we think about that, I want you to think about your life born in sin, separated from God, left to find your way through life. Think about it. God is your maker. He is your shepherd. And you are going your own way. You've gone astray, turned aside, everyone to his own way. And you may think, well, that's not characteristic of my life. Yes, it is. That's why I want you to think about it. Because notice the verse. This is the word of God. It's true in every part. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. It's true of your life. And you may think, well, <clears throat> I don't think of myself that way. I just do whatever comes up next. Just, And that is exactly it. So, there's three things I want to give you today in considering all we like sheep. Sheep are prone to wander. Sheep scatter when driven. And sheep follow their fears. These things are true of you. Sheep are prone to wander. They take their own way. And when they do bolt and run, they're off on their own because they each go a different way. They don't run together. Cattle tend to run together. Sheep don't do that. They're just gone. And whatever seems best at the moment in front of them, they'll follow. Don't you see human life unfolding the same way? Everybody's got a different notion about what to do and how to go about it. And we're no different. Also, sheep grow weary when they're on their own. And, And so when you look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, you see that once sheep go their own way, they quickly become weary because, in fact, uh, when you look at the verse, you'll see in the footnote that most of the ancient manuscripts have <clears throat> harassed instead of weary, but they go together. So imagine, here's, here's a, a sheep that's gone off on his own, and nobody else is around. Where is everybody? Well, they've all gone their own place too, and they're asking the same question. Where is everybody else? Oh, I'm off doing whatever I need to do. And... Uh, I don't know what it was, but something scared me, and so I was gone. And then I I get real nervous because nobody else is around. Where are they? I don't even know how I got here where I am now. I just ran wild, 
And so now I'm afraid. I don't have the protection of the flock. I don't have a shepherd to take care of me. Uh, And there are wild beasts that would love to catch me and tear me apart and to make a meal of me. And so when we think about life that way, we get off doing whatever we think we should be doing or hardly giving it a thought, finding ourselves ending up somewhere, God knows where. We don't know how to get back. And if we did know how to get back to where we were, nobody else would be there anyway. Because all the rest of the sheep have scattered too. Just the way they are. So why go back? And can't get back to where I am. So what do I do now? I don't know where I am. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. How many of you have felt like, I don't know where I am in life. I don't know how to get get back to where it was a good time. I don't know where to go. I feel real nervous about where I am now, but I have no idea what to do about it. That's what it is. Sheep are prone to wander, and they grow weary when they're on their own. And so when you look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, it says, Jesus saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary. And your smart Bibles or your footnotes will say, harassed. Because there, at any moment, a wild beast can devour you, and so you, so knowing that can happen, you you run, and you become weary, and any, and even though most of that worry isn't going to end up in you being eaten, it could mean you. It, could mean your life. And so every step of the way, you're constantly anxious and you grow weary of wending your way like sheep. And so they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And when they grow weary, then they become easy prey for their attackers. So sheep are prone to wander. They also scatter when they're driven. And so when you look at it, you think, who wouldn't scatter when they're driven? Uh, So if you've ever worked cattle, so back in the Texas days, I went on some cattle drives with some of our people who were ranchers. And it's different with cattle. Um, Cattle are content to stay where they are for the most part and just kind of drift along. They don't bolt and run. Once in a while they will, but as as you drive them, you know, you can herd them. They'll go. You might catch one going astray, you bring them back, you go over and chase them down, he'll come right back. And so that's what you do. You get behind and you... Uh, horses, you drive them. You can't do sheep that way. There's no keeping them together. As soon as something troubles them, they're off on their own. 
How many times in your life have you been bothered by something and you just said, I'm out of here? Sheep scatter when they're driven. So who drives them? So you look through Scripture and you see that forceful sheep drive them. Ezekiel 34, 20, 21. You take a look and you see there are fat and lean sheep. And there are some that will take advantage of their size and their horns. Verse 20. I will give them into the hand of their enemies and into the hand of those who seek their life. Verse 20. Is that the right? Oh, I'm in Jeremiah. That's not right. Sorry, guys. 34. 20. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I myself will judge between the fat and the lean sheep. So there are some who are bigger and stronger and fatter, and then there are some who are weak and sickly and lean. Because you have pushed with side and shoulder, butted all the weak ones with your horns and scattered them abroad. Sheep also scatter sheep. So... You've been to churches where everything seems to be okay, but there are some people that treat you roughly and abuse you. And you say, I don't need this. And you go someplace else. You scatter. That's what happens. And so then you ask, hey, whatever happened to so-and-so? Well, somebody mistreated them. They, they're out of here. Oh, man, that's too bad. But sheep scatter sheep. Not only that, selfish shepherds scatter sheep. Jeremiah 23 and verse 1 says, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. They're ones who are not supposed to scatter, supposed to keep the sheep together, but they don't. And instead of feeding God's people, which is supposed to be their job, they feed off of them. You can read on, find out <coughs> there are shepherds who take advantage of the situation and feed off the situation, off the sheep, instead of protecting them. And so selfish shepherds scatter the sheep drive them away. But here's an interesting thing, too, I found. I'm looking through this. What is it that scatters sheep? And I noticed time and again, in fact, many, many scriptures say that the good shepherd scatters the sheep. I thought this is very strange. Let me give you an example. Go back to Ezekiel 22. In Ezekiel 22... Verse 15, God says, 
I will scatter you among the nations, disperse you throughout the countries, and remove your filthiness completely from you. So you have to imagine, when sheep um, become fat and lazy, and they don't want to do anything, they just want to lay around, if they have a good shepherd, makes them to lie down, then they don't want to get up, they don't want to go, they roll around and they get filthy and they do not take care of themselves. In fact, they become resistant to the shepherd. And the good shepherd then will say, this is bad for them. We need to get them out of laying around here. And he will scatter them, drive them, and then seek them out gather them again, and move them. And that's the way it is. So when there's good times and the sheep have been made to lie down in green pastures and it's all good and glorious and everything, then they stop listening to the shepherd and they get stranded and they founder. They'll eat too much without working it off and they'll bloat and founder and then... You can't get them up and all kinds of problems that way. But the interesting interesting thing about this passage is it says that when he, the good shepherd scatters them and disperses them throughout the countries and the nations, he will remove their filthiness completely from them in the process. So as sheep are on the move then they don't tend to lay around and get filthy. All right, think of think of what it's like in churches or social gatherings for people. When they get fat and happy, then they go into selfishness, selfish things. That's the way it is with sheep. And when that happens and they do not pay attention to the shepherd when Jesus is no longer the focal point of the church, when they don't seek his lead and follow him, then he'll scatter them so that they lose their filthiness. Craziness. Seems crazy. But he will, and it's the best thing for them. Then he's going to have to seek them out because they're going to bolt and run. Say, okay, well, our own... Shepherd brought this on us, and they go, ah, I'm out of here. So they go, and then, all right, come back now. Now let's move along. And so that's the way it is. Sheep scatter when driven, whether by forceful sheep, selfish shepherds, or even the good shepherd. The final thing I want to talk about is that sheep follow their fears. Sheep are notional creatures. They get a notion, and they just run with it. And it doesn't matter how the notion gets there. It can be their imagination, a strange sound, whatever it is. They bolt and run. They freak out. And then they're all gone. But when sheep bolt and run, they lose their way. And when they lose their way, they can't find their way back. And when they can't find their way back, that is when they get in trouble. They are harassed by wild beasts. They're driven by their fears. They're anxious. They're, and it's bad. Zechariah chapter 10, verse 
says this, The idols of God's people speak delusion. So these are the household gods. This word is um, teraphim, that household gods, that you seek out to find what you should do next. And you think, well, we don't do that anymore. We don't have household gods. Well, sure we do. So you look at the newspaper. We don't get the newspaper. You get online and you consult the horoscope. What do you want to do? I want to find out what you should do that day. And there's all kinds of examples of this. We do the same thing. So maybe we don't sit and carve out this little idol, but we do the same thing. We want something to tell us. So you get a Chinese restaurant, you get the fortune. You go to the palm reader, the crystal ball. There's all kinds of things like this. When something bothers you or something's coming up and you don't know what to do about it, you seek out something that is going to give you some clue about what to do next. So these idols speak delusion. The diviners envision lies and tell false dreams. They comfort in vain. What do fearful sheep, anxious sheep, Look for someone to tell them you're worrying yourself to death, which is true. So stop worrying. And so they say, oh, okay, well, that's that's why I don't have to worry. Well, yes, you do. If you're out on your own, doing your own thing, you are subject to becoming a prey and somebody taking advantage of you. That's the way it is in life. So there are reasons for your fears. And rather than dealing with the fears, you want somebody to tell you it's okay. So you consult all these things and try to find somebody that's going to give you comfort. Therefore, it says, when people do this kind of thing, they're just like this. Like people wending their way like sheep. They are in trouble because there is no shepherd. Well, there's no shepherd because we're off doing whatever we want. And why is that? We're driven by their fears. Why do we get all these crazy notions that prompt us to do this? And we go, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Because we're following our fears. We're notional. We're just like sheep. But when sheep trust the shepherd... They can be made to lie down. You ever think about that? Think about walking up to a sheep, and if you can get close enough, then think about pushing on the back of a sheep to get him to lie down. What's that sheep going to do? It isn't going to happen. Okay, well, so then I can take my shepherd's staff and I'll tap him on the knee. So you have a sheep and you approach and tap him on the knee. What's going to happen? They're going to freak out. That's what sheep do. So how do you make them lie down? So even, I remember a year 
to that we had sheep. We raised a few sheep. And they're always skittish. You can't make them do anything. So this one mama sheep wasn't getting as much to eat, and so I have a bucket. And I have put some corn. They like corn, so you put corn in there. And I'm going to bring it up to the sheep and make sure she gets it and makes the other. And she had a young. Um, and so then this little lamb was with her, and so I put it down there. So she reaches her head down into the bucket and to eat the corn. And so I was moving real slowly, so I wanted to get up and I wanted to comfort her and console her a little bit. So I reached for her, just about like this, and she freaked out and ran, carrying the bucket over the pail with the handle around her neck like this, and <clears throat> and there was no getting close to get that pail off. It was days before I was able to sneak up to get that pail off her neck. That's the way sheep are. They, they're notional. They're driven by their f- fears, and they freak out and run. <clears throat> but... When sheep trust a shepherd, he can make them to lie down. So how does he do it? So here's David. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. You say, well, it's impossible. David did. You know how David? So David won his way into the heart of the sheep by fighting the lion and the bear. And then, imagine, here he comes in. This is the place, this is the place where I want you to settle down. And so he walks into the place and all the sheep are there. It's beautiful pasture. The still waters, the green pasturage. So he comes in and there's a bunch of them. He slowly walks into the center of them and he sits on the ground and he takes his little stringed instrument, lyre, And he starts playing gently, and he starts singing. And he makes the sheep to lie down. And the sheep sense, it's okay. And they lie down. And when they lie down, then this calmness comes over the whole flock. Because they trust the shepherd, he's going to take care of the bad things. The mountain lion, the bear. He's he's brought us to a good place. He's here to protect us. And so when sheep trust the shepherd, they can be made to lie down. And when you look at Ezekiel 34, you see God... The good shepherd making the sheep to lie down. Verse 11, For thus says the Lord God, Indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on a day, he is among his scattered sheep. So I will seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. Well, are they only scattered on a cloudy and dark day? No, they don't. Well, why do they talk about a cloudy and dark day? Well, just imagine. 
So here's the shepherd with his sheep. They're in good pasturage. And all of a sudden, the storm comes up. And so the clouds gather, block out the sun, heap up, becomes dark, which is a scary thing all by itself, especially for sheep. And then lightning, thunder. What do the sheep do? Ah, I'm out of here. And so on this dark and cloudy day, after they're scattered, the shepherd seeks them out and says, okay, let's round them up. And so then he goes after them and he calls out to them and he seeks them out. And he says, now bring them back from the peoples, the nations, the countries, and gather them from the countries and we'll bring them to their own land and I will feed them on the, mount- <coughs> on the mountains of Israel. You think God doesn't do this thing? Why do you think the nation of Israel is back in the land after all these years? This is the unfolding of the fulfillment of prophecy. And are they still notional? Yes, they are. Are they still driven by their fears? Yes, they're hated on every side. Are their fears irrational? No, they're not. They're real fears. Who can calm those fears? Jesus will come into the midst of them. And then it says, In the valleys and all the inhabited places of the country, I will feed them in good pasture, and their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. So sheep follow their fears, but the when they trust the shepherd, they can be made to lie down. So the Lord doesn't want the sheep to be without a shepherd. Numbers 27, 16 and 17. Moses is about to go off the scene. He's about to die. Children of Israel are about to go into the promised land. <clears throat> and they're going to be without a leader. And so Moses, Numbers 27, 16, Moses says to the Lord, Let the Lord, the God of spirit of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation who may go out before them and go in before them. That's like a shepherd does. He leads them by going before them and calling, Come on, let's go. And, and then leads them in. He's always in front leading. Who may lead them out and bring them in that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. God doesn't want that. But you know what? Even when there's a shepherd with the sheep all the time, they're constantly moving off, bolting and running, getting a notion, and freaking out. Sheep follow their fears. That's the natural thing for them. So, what about you? In life, 
You come into this life, you're born this feeble, finite, fragile little thing, and you don't know anything. You don't know up from down. Don't know in from out. You don't know what to do. And you progress through life, jumping from one thing to the next, trying to figure it out. And you end up realizing my life could be taken from me at any moment. And you live with the fear of death all your lifetime. Subject, Scripture says, subject to the bondage of the fear of death all your lifetime. That isn't the way that God wants you to live. But because you're born in sin, you rebel against God and go your own way. Like sheep, all we like sheep have gone astray. This is what it's like for sheep. And so you go through life and you're driven by one fear and the next and you try to manipulate it and make things work. Sometimes you stay with the group, sometimes you don't. And you don't have the calm confidence in your soul to operate in faith and trust your shepherd who made you because you've got rebellion in your heart to go your own way. And if you don't turn away from that rebellion and surrender in faith to the shepherd and overseer of your souls, you will live a life of anxiety and fall prey to all the wild beasts. Life without the shepherd is frantic. Because you are prone to wander, because you freak out when you're driven, because you follow your fears, you go astray. And at the heart of it all is iniquity. All we like sheep have gone astray, each to his own way. And the Lord laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. So here's iniquity. Your sins separate you from your God. It causes you to be fearful and anxious and to bolt and run, to act like sheep. I'm going my own way. I don't care what anybody says. And God wants you to return to the fold. And so he says, God says, I'm going to lay on the Lamb of God the iniquity of us all. And I'm going to call them to myself. Do you hear in your heart? Think back in the day when you were saved. Or if you never have, think back on the times that God has said and spoke in your heart. I want you to return to me. I'm calling you. Leave the world behind. Come to me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, you'll find rest for your souls. 
So here's the good shepherd of this, of your soul. And for those of you who are believers, you say, yeah, I, we believers can go back to panicking over our fears and doing all this stuff. Yes, you can. And he wants you to return to the shepherd of your soul. He is your maker, but he's also your shepherd. So turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, and we'll close with that. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25, <clears throat> right up above it, it says, he, he himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, the cross, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, and by whose stripes you were healed. Verse 25, For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. There it is. So what's it like to be a sheep? I don't want to talk about the stupid part. I don't want to talk about the smelly part. I want to talk about the fearful part. You go astray. Sheep are prone to wander. Sheep scatter when driven. Sheep follow their fears. If you sense that that's been the makeup of your life and you want to do something about it, just know this. You can't. Not apart from Jesus Christ. He is the good shepherd and he calls you to return to the flock. You say, well, just let me out here. I just want to stay out here and do it my own way. You're going to grow weary. You're going to be harassed. You're going to live every moment of your life in fear. And God says, come to me. So you would never come to him if you hear in your heart him saying to you, leave it all behind. All those fears, come to me. I've taken your iniquity on myself. I've died for your sins. It's all going to be okay. Come to me. Then come. The reason that you think these things is because he's at work in you. And for those of you who have come, but you've returned to the old sheepy ways, come back. You'll hear his voice. You listen to the word of God. Come back to me. Let's settle down. Let's make it all right again. This is why we celebrate the Lord's table over and over again for believers to come back, reorient to the death of Jesus on the cross for their sins. It becomes the life point because of Jesus. And for those of you who don't know him, he is your life point. That's when you really live because your fears are calmed into faith and you can trust him. He's good. He's going to take care of me. This is a good place. I can... He, he speaks softly to my ear about the bad times, the hard times, and he consoles me 
and he calms my fears by what he can perform for me. And it's all good. So let's pray. Father, the peace that you bring surpasses understanding when you make me lie down in green pastures to realize that you have died for my iniquity. It's been laid on you and you took it all and stood up to the enemy of our souls and called us into your family. Wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Keep doing your good work. We'll look forward to our meeting you in the air someday. Bless us now as we go our ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for coming. You're dismissed. <laughs>